Hello and welcome to FPM Play. Um, today we're going to be reviewing Glass, the sequel to Unbreakable and Split, where both movies collide. Um, today I'm here with myself, the host, Jacob Echeverria, and my father, I call him Poppy, Andres Echeverria. Hello, Poppy. Hey, Jacob. How are you? Good. Okay, so this episode we're going to have three segments. We're going to have Check It Out, where we talk about what you think, or what we think you should check out, Yep. and our can't wait, and that's something that we're either anticipating, or saw that something something's coming out, and we're excited to see how it evolves. Um, And then finally, we have our review of the week. Well, that's what we're calling it for now, because that's what we used to call it. Yeah, I mean, we're we're basically doing the same show. We can say all day long about what we're going to do going forward. But you know what? We're just going to record an episode of FPM Play and, and put it in the books. That's it. Yeah, because currently it's 140. We got, we got to the movies at 10, and I was like, oh, sorry. And I was like, let's just record a review, because I was excited, because... Um, we entered in our podcast for this WFAE thing. Yeah, so why don't you, why don't you give a, l- a little bit more detail? About, or you want me to do it? No, I'll do it. Okay. Let's, let's see how I'm doing with details so far. Um, was it, what is it called? I forgot. Hold on. Let me I'll tell you. It's WFAE Queen City Pod Quest. So, Jacob, what is that? So, the pod quest is where WFAE wants to open the horizon to new podcasts because the last time they picked up a podcast, it did pretty well. So, they did an open thing or an open search. Yeah, an open search where you uh, you put in your podcast or your podcast idea and they pick your, and if they pick your podcast, it goes to an open vote, which we made it to. I'm, I'm very excited to see how that goes. And then after that, they vote for the top five people. And then it goes to an open showing of the show. And then you get picked by professionals. Yeah, so that, that's actually really good. You skipped one detail. Oh, yeah. We get, uh, like, tutoring? Or? We get mentoring, but you yeah. still skipped another detail. Um, a lot of people may not know what WFAE is. Oh. WFAE is the local NPR station in Charlotte. Yes. So they're making an investment in podcasting. We've been doing this f- since since I was five. So yeah, right before we turned six. I'm currently twelve right now, so that means I'm about. So it's, it's been at least six years since we've been doing it, FPM play, yeah, on, on and off. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about you know trying to get back to it, and we're not going to make any promises. We're just going to record when we can record and leave it at that. Hopefully, yeah. it'll be more than less. But then if we got picked up by WFAE, we'd have a recording schedule and we'd record and post it. Yeah. And even if we don't, you know, I think just going through the process has gotten us back into the mood and groove. Um, I think at the end of the day, one of the things that we really wanted from before that we didn't have was um, more interaction with people outside the show. So hopefully we'll get that. If not, we'll, we'll just do this for us. Yeah. Because, you know, before we get into the segments, I will say um, in doing the application for the contest, I did go back and listen to some old episodes. And uh, it did, you know, it brought back, it was like very nostalgic and brought back the uh, 
the reason that we did the show. Um, so we can have this kind of artifact of, of me and Jacob and um, our discussions together. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start the first segment. Check it out. So if you didn't hear me earlier, check it out as a segment where we, as the host of the show, tell you about things that you should check out. Bobby, do you want to go first? Uh, no, you're, you're more prepared this time around, so you go first. Yeah, I actually wrote down some notes about what I was going to talk about. Did you blow my mind, man? This is exactly what I've been wanting. I usually don't take notes. I just do it off the top of my head. He was like, I'm so good. I can just wing it every episode. I don't need notes. So, my check it out is an anime. It's a fighting anime called My Hero Academia. It was recommended to me by multiple people. Um, I started it being spectac- uh, skeptical um, because I've been told mixed things. But overall, I liked it. The show is about um, this. It, the show is about this kid who's determined to be a hero in this world. People uh, have uh, made this gene, or we've evolved into this gene, where uh, you get quirks, also known as powers. Some are very strong, or some are very just weak and not very useful. The people who are strong with their powers, some decide to be heroes, some decide to be villains. That gives you the superhero, supervillain aspect of the show. In our show, only 80% of the population have quirks. Only 80? That's a lot. Yeah. So, that, I mean, really, it's the, you know, the 20% is now the minority, right? So the majority of people have powers. Yeah. Okay. So, in the show, our main character... Now, now, remember, don't give away too much. You want people to check it out. In the show, our main character, uh, sorry, I forgot his name. Oh, Deku, that's it. That's his nickname. He has no quirk at all, but he still tries to find a way to get into UA, which is the top uh, academy for superheroes. And I'm assuming the academy they teach them how to use their powers. Yes. So, or just teach them how to be a hero because some people have made it without quirks. So in the show, he figures out how to be a hero, um, but that's that's all I'm going to say. I recommend it, especially if you're starting to get into anime, especially fighting anime, because that's my thing. I like dramatic fights like that. Very cool. But uh, that's it for me. Yeah, and Jacob has uh, has challenged me to watch the show. I you know I don't really watch as many anime as I used to. Uh, nothing against anime, I just haven't. Um, you know, I just ha- had a little groove where I was watching a lot more anime and I've kind of fallen out of that. So this is something that's a, a little bit newer for me. I've heard nothing but good things. The first time I heard about it was actually on the Slash Filmcast. Uh, Devendra talked about it a lot. He he raves about it. Um, so I'm going to check it out. I'll watch the first episode tomorrow and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and w- while we're on the topic of anime... Especially if you're trying to start and fighting anime, I also recommend One Punch Man. If you're a person that has to watch it in English dub, which means people react the show in English and you can't do subtitles and don't watch it. But if you can, then try it because it's a very fun show. 
I won't say anything about it because we have to get on to yours. But mm-hmm. while we're on the topic, I, re- I also recommend. Gotcha. So you slipped in a second. Check it out. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I said, I wasn't really prepared. Um, but today, I think my check it out is actually going to be an app. Okay. Um, we haven't really done a lot of those. So I have set a ridiculous kind of goal or challenge, and I'm trying to make it bite-sized. But um, for many years, I've been tracking the movies that I watch because I, I love watching movies. Um, and it all st- it actually all started, I think I was listening to podcasts, maybe a slash filmcast, and they mentioned as a reviewer how many movies they watched in a given year, which made me interested to see how many movies I watch. Now, my qualification for movies I watch are something that's new to me, flat out, that's it. Doesn't have to be a new movie like came out this year, but um, something that's new to me. So my check it out is an app called, and there's a website, but there's an app called Letterboxd. Um, and it's not the traditional spelling, because it's missing the E at the end. Keep moving around my phone. <laughs> um, so it's L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D. No E at the end. Um, but the thing I like about Letterbox is it allows me to kind of create, well, not kind of, create a diary of all the movies I'm watching. Mm. Now, I don't really know how easy it is to share it out. I'm pretty sure there's a share feature. So um, if there is, I'll put it in the show notes or on the website so you can kind of track. But my first goal this year was um, to watch a movie a day in January. Mm. And I accomplished that. I've, 31 days in January, I watched 31 movies. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So now we'll hit February and see if I can watch a movie a day, my first movie being the movie we're going to review today. Um, so we'll see, and maybe by the end of the year, I'll actually watch 365 movies. But I'm not I'm not even going to shoot for that. I'm going to shoot for a movie a day. So Letterboxd is a really cool app. It's a whole film community. You can get a lot of um, suggested playlists and um, movies to watch and you can start a diary of your own so i highly recommend it very cool and it's all free there's a premium um kind of subscription if you want to to dig into more of the features but uh if you haven't checked out letterbox check it out yeah and while, while we're on the topic of letterbox one of the things that i like about it is that when you go and you add a movie to your diary or you go to review it you can also see other people's reviews and how they saw the movie, and it could give you a new view on the movie, or how how it could how it could affect you. You know, because sometimes you you don't get that idea from your friends, or you don't see that that way. So Letterbox does give you sometimes a new perspective on movies. Yeah, and and right now I primarily use it for the diary feature. There's a lot more uh, there that I probably need to dig into, but uh, for me that diary feature is just awesome. Um, so I'm going to try to share that list out. Uh, so, you know, if you want to, you can keep track of, of how I'm doing this year. So, all right, Jacob, that was my check it out. Uh, we ready to move on? Yes. All right. Time to do our second segment. Can't wait. Is it time yet? Is it time I can't wait? Is it time yet? Is it time I can't wait? So, uh, in this segment, can't wait, um, we talk about, oh, do you yeah. want to explain it? Sure. Uh, so, can't wait, 
uh, is a segment where we talk about things that are coming out, things that have not come out yet that we're looking forward to that we can't wait for. So, uh, Jacob, you went first last time. So you can go first this time. Yeah, so this time I actually have it, can't wait. So for me, um, it's actually a video game mm-hmm. that I'm getting very excited for, uh, and it's called The Division 2. Ooh, I'm also excited for that. Yeah, you didn't play as much of The Division 1 as I did, but you did play with me, which I appreciate. Um, so The Division 2 is a, well, it's not a massively multiplayer game. It's a it's an online uh, military RPG, I guess you can call it. You could be like, The Division 2 is a, a online multiplayer game where you play in an apocalypse where a disease like the Black Death has taken over most of the world and killed most of the population. With that death, the government has fallen and collapsed. The division comes to save the day as you play as one of their agents. You go around stopping people who try to take over the world. I mean, I mean, I don't know if they're trying to take over the world. It's just, just it's the collapse of society. So in the first game, uh, it was set in New York immediately after the events. Um, it started on Black Friday. And uh, the, that's how the plague started to spread. And there's a lot of people out shopping on Black Friday. Um, you know, it was on money and this and that. And it just quickly spread. And all of a sudden, you know, New York collapsed. Um, so these factions started to rise up in the ashes of um, what is, I guess, normal, respectable society. And it happened pretty quickly, which is kind of, you know, kind of crazy. But anyway, the, the thing I like about it. Um, it shares a lot of DNA with games like Destiny. And I'd say Gears of War through its shooter system. Well, through the, maybe through the mechanics, but I'm talking the, the overall structure of it. Oh. Um, but the one thing that I really like about it is if you want to, you can play this game single player. There is a single player story. Um, I'm not sure how long the first one was, but in the second one they're saying it's about a 40-hour campaign. And you can play that story by yourself or with up to three other people. And then once you finish the story and you level up, then you're in what they call the end game mode, which is kind of the rinse and repeat of getting online, doing challenges, doing raids, all of that stuff. Um, So anyway, the thing that I'm really excited about is um, now it's set in Washington, D.C., and the section of the Washington, D.C. map that they're using is a one-to-one scale for D.C. So if you know the city, which I've been to D.C. a number of times. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I'm very familiar with the area they're using. You know, it's like from the Capitol building to the Washington Monument. So you have that whole strip of the mall with all the Smithsonian museums around it. Mm. It goes into Georgetown, have the residential area, um, has the White House the White House turns out to be the base of operations. That's cool. Um, so it's there's a lot of landmarks there that if you've been to D.C., um, you'll easily recognize and be able to get around. So I'm, I'm really excited. That game comes out uh, in March, and there's a, there's a, well, a private beta, and then I'm an open beta coming out pretty soon. Yeah, um, that's I, I'd say The Division is one of those games where if you don't like straight shooters – but you like tactical at the but at the same time you still like that shooting genre. You should try the division. Um it's it's easy to pick up, 
but then after you get in there, uh, there's more things get that get added on. I heard in the Division Two now there's operator classes. Am I correct? Yeah, I think what you're what you're thinking about is when you get to the end game, like after you um, level up and get through the main campaign, then at that point you pick like a specialty. Yeah. Um, and then that specialty will give you um, a specific like special weapon. Like if you're uh, you know, a sniper or whatever, then you'll have a, a sniper gun. If you're a demolitions person, you'll have access to a special weapon for that that kind of specialty. Uh, the nice thing is that you're not locked into that. You can change at any time. Um, so you, you can experiment with all three. Uh, the other thing that I am really looking forward to, uh, and then we'll get on to yours real quick, is the Dark Zone. Okay. So in the first division, the Dark Zone was basically Central Park. And uh, that's where you had the player versus player kind of, you know, online deathmatch kind of gameplay. Uh, there was some what they call PVE, which stands for player versus environment, which is you against the, the game, the AI from the game. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of um, PVP elements where you can be in there doing something, trying to get some exotic loot or whatever, and then some random player would come and kill you and take your stuff. And so for that matter... Uh, for that fact, I didn't really go into the dark zone, um, but now the way they have it set up is there's three separate dark zones, and there's you know different levels of what's going on. So there'll always be one that's really intense for those players that want to just do player versus player kind of play, mm-hmm. and then there's ones that will have like events and a lot more PVE and um, things like that. So it seems like it's a lot more balanced. They've learned um, you know from from the first game. And uh, I'll definitely be checking that out more. Yeah. Because I know in the Division 1, when I was playing with him, or when I was playing by myself, I never wanted to go into the Dark Zone, seeing that the rules were if you died, all your loot was gone, or almost all. Well, all the loot that you got in the Dark Zone. Yeah. And then it was just really easy to die because I I think I tried it once, and there was all these pros in there. And I just got shredded. It was just intimidating. It really was. Yeah. So if you didn't, if you didn't start early on, coming in, you know, six months after the game had been out, it was just really intimidating. Um, but it seems like they they fixed all that. Yeah. So anyway, my can't wait is Division Two. I'm really excited for it. I'm constantly watching videos and getting ready for it, trying to get other people excited for it. So uh, check it out, or you know, anticipate it. Yeah. Well. Is it okay if I have two can't waits? Because I, I really couldn't decide. That's fine. Go ahead. My first one, we can talk about them separately. My first one is Anthem. Um, and I, Jacob, what is Anthem? Anthem is a multiplayer game. I like his. Or as a story mode and an after mode, kind of like The Division. But the idea of the game is, is that you're in like these Iron Man type suits called Javelins. That lets you fight monsters or other people in javelins. It's pretty fun. They had a beta uh, last weekend. I think there's one going on this weekend. And um, what you do is is that you get in your javelin. You can play up to uh, four people in a squad. And there's four javelin classes. Uh, the Interceptor, which is a very light character with... Uh, the least amount of health, but very quick, kind of like a ninja in some sort of way. Um, there's the ranger, which is the normal one, medium, 
your normal soldier has grenades, rockets, normal assault rifle. Uh, there's the heavy, which is the big guy, kind of like a, the Hulk in the team. And then finally, there's the storm, and he's basically like a magician. Uh, I was I was also skeptical about this because um, a lot of people were saying that the gameplay might be a lot by a lot like Destiny. Yep. From how uh, they were talking about it, but it was a lot different. And well, how do you know it's a lot different? Because I played the beta. You played in the VIP demo, is what they called it. Oh yeah, the VIP demo, which was pretty fun, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, and so this weekend, as we record this, is the open demo, so anybody can try it out. Um, yeah, so I, I played a little bit of it, yeah. and I like the mechanics. I mean, this is a Bioware game, so I'm excited about how the story is going to go. Um, I do think it's interesting that. Um, the game you chose and the game I chose are both in this realm of, I don't know if there's a real name for it, but they're, I mean, for lack of a better term, like forever games, right? So when the game comes out, that's not what the game's going to be like six months from now, a year from now, right? It's like a platform and they continuously build the game. They get the the game to a certain point where it's playable and then they can continuously tweak and, and add on and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's how Des- um, Destiny works, Destiny 2. Um, it's like an MMO, it, basically, but not, not as heavily. Right, right, right. Um, and that's, I mean, that's how Fortnite is, right? Yeah. I mean, the difference between Fortnite is it's just the one game based around and then they add and take out things depending on how the community reacts to their updates. Yeah. And so what I like about these type of games, like Sea of Thieves, Sea of Thieves is another one. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I like about a game like an Anthem or a Division is that there is a story there. And there are single player elements. Um, so you can mix both the single player and the multiplayer and I get the best of both worlds. So there's times where I don't have much time and I can't do a big multiplayer thing. So I can get in and do a little mission or go around the city and collect some things. Uh, and then when I have more time, um, I can either do a longer mission by myself or I can you know, try to gather some friends and, and run through a, a mission or a raid or some type of activity like that. Yeah, and um, another thing that I really like about it is that, or that I'm excited about, which makes me anticipate it a little bit more, is that it's Bioware, and from what I've played so far... And Jacob, who is Bioware? I mentioned it earlier, but I didn't really clarify. Bioware is a company that makes games, obviously. They're a software developer, yep. Yeah, and they're known for their stories, which uh, I'm really excited for, because they're kind of stepping out of their comfort zone and trying this new game which is working so far and added on with the story that they have so far. And what would be the, what would be their comfort zone, Jacob? Games like like uh I mean I don't know many Bioware games. <laughs> Mass Effect? Oh yeah, games like Mass Effect. Dragon Age. Dragon Age. Most single player based games with story based characters and it's a mix of online and story based characters. Uh, there's a little bit of character development through while while you talk to people and how it gives you other opportunities in the city before you go out in your javelin and fight the monsters, which I really like because it gives you that more in-depth feeling oh. of playing the game. But 
So Anthem comes out, uh, I want to say February 22nd or something like that, the full release. So yeah. it's, it's around the corner, so you don't have to wait too long. Um, what's your What's your next, uh, can't wait? Mortal Kombat 11. Oh, another video game, okay. Um, Sorry for my phone again. But Mortal Kombat 11 has been creeping on, up on us for a while. It was announced at the Game Awards first, I think all the way back in like November? Yeah, I think the Game Awards were in November. I don't remember. I mean, that's just off the top of my head. So, uh, this past January, if I'm correct, they had a live stream announcing all the characters. Uh, it seems like a love letter to um, MK9 bringing back most of the uh, most uh, beloved characters from MK9, like Scarlet. They brought back Baraka from his MK9 years. Um, they're they're doing the story a lot better. They just announced Kano, but uh, I'm really excited because when they did uh, um Injustice Two, they announced this gear system, and the gear. Oh system, Lord, you're about to get real geeky on I'm, me. I'm not. I'm not gonna get that geeky. The gear system made it very complicated for players online because it can give you an, an advantage or disadvantage. In this game, instead of making it like a power boost or power decrease, it only changes the combos and the different things that you can do in the game, which I'm very excited for because they haven't shown much. But So here's what's weird, right? So for all the parents out there that are my age, I grew up with Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, and my system was punch and kick <laughs> and fatality, and that was it. Um but it's just crazy that, you know, I don't know how many years it's been since Mortal Kombat 1. Maybe you can look it up on your phone real quick. Um, it, let's see. I was high school at least because um, when I went to college, I was playing Mortal Kombat 2 on my Super Nintendo. Um, so that gives you an idea of, of how old I am. Um, so it was at least high school for the original Mortal Kombat for me, which is, um, you know, over 20 years ago, and here here I am with my 12-year-old son who is excited for Mortal Kombat. Um, you know, when that f first game came out, I would have never thought um, <laughs> that we'd still be talking about new Mortal Kombat games. Um, I mean, they made like a million versions of Street Fighter V or IV, um, uh, different iterations and versions and whatever of that, but um, I don't know. Mortal Kombat just had this crazy longevity. 24 years old. 24. That's crazy because it's older than most of the pro players right now. Sonic Fox, uh, he's 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 the champion of um of like what's what's the company's name again? I I just that owns like Mortal Kombat right now. Um, I don't even know. I thought it was Midway that did it before, but uh, I don't remember. I don't know who publishes it. Anyway. Well, anyways, he's the champion of all the games right now, and he's only 20. So that's yeah. crazy. So he wasn't even born when Mortal Kombat 1 came out. Nope. So, uh, But they also make the Injustice games, and they've been going back and forth between Injustice, which is the fighting game with the DC superheroes and other characters, mm -hmm. um, and then Mortal Kombat... What's been really cool with what they've been doing is, um, you know, they'll have their classic 
stable of characters, but then they bring in other characters from pop culture. Like in the last one, they had all the horror movie people like Jason, Michael Myers, uh, Leatherface. The alien. Um, they yep. had the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Were th- the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were in... Um, were they in, in Injustice? Yeah, they were in Injustice okay. too. Um, but yeah, so they, they bring in some interesting characters. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be cool to see who they bring in this time. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so when I play it, I mean, I know you're talking about gear system this, and I mean, they've introduced a lot of mechanics if you really want to get into it, but I'm still about punch, kick, and let me learn like two moves, and you know, I'll stick with that. And uh, another thing that I'm excited for, because <laughs> I'm very geeky about this stuff, is time travel. They just said that... In the game? Yeah, they just, I mean, not like through the fighting mechanics but the story mode is oh. the story mode's going to be I mean there's a character that can time travel and fighting but we don't have to get into that yeah um but um um you know what would be really cool what is if they time traveled in the game and they went back and it changed the graphics to look like the original Mortal Kombat and the mechanics and everything like you went back into the original game and then came back to the current game that, that would be kind of cool. That would be a cool power. Like, like you use your you use your offense meter and your defense meter. Those are the two things. That oh, and you know what else they could do? What? So, if you think back to the original Mortal Kombat, there's only like ten characters or whatever. Right. If you so they added this mechanic. I want to say Mortal Kombat two or three, where they the stages the levels were multi level. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So you could like knock somebody and they would fall to the next level and you would keep it going. So they could do something like that where you can kind of knock somebody through a time portal mm-hmm. and now you're back in either like Mortal Kombat 1 or 2 or 3 or something like that. Graphics look the same. All the move sets are the same. But if that character that you're fighting against did not exist in that timeline, it's an instant win because you just kill them like they don't exist. That'd be cool. That'd be kind of cool. Anyway, all right. So let's let's move on um, to our review. Um, before we get into the review, I want to tell you how it's based. We start off with our, with our initial idea. Let's 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 roll the the oh, bumper yeah. and then we'll talk about let's it. Play the bumper. FTM play. Crazy to hear. That's me. It's like seven or eight. Yeah, that was a while ago, man. But if it, it, it if wow. it works, it, it works. works. So the way we do our reviews is we first talk about our initial reactions and how we felt about the movie, and then after that we get into spoilers. Uh, you can end the podcast here, skip to the end where we give our um, our star review and our final reaction. So let's start. Yeah, with and in full transparency, um, that format is totally ripped off from the Slash Filmcast, and, and that's fine. They have a great podcast. Uh, it's a great format. It works. Uh, so we uh, we kind of cribbed it. Yeah. So yeah. shout out to a great podcast. So we're going to start out with how we felt. How did you, you feel about this movie? All right. So we walked out of the theater. And we both really wanted to talk about this movie, but it was like, hey, let's just wait for the podcast um, so we don't have this conversation twice. Yeah. Now, I, I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts first. 
So, me being the person that hasn't watched Unbreakable yet, I have a whole different perspective compared to him. And you, so, you, let's be clear, you haven't seen Unbreakable. Mm-mm. You have seen Split? Yes, I have seen Split. I love Split. And now you've watched Glass. Okay, go ahead. So, watching Glass, uh, I think they did a really good job at explaining everything uh, for a person that hasn't watched either movie, uh, which was really well done. Um, but... It, mm. I had mixed feelings about the movie. I'm going to say, yeah, you're asking me questions, but that's okay. Because, I mean, they explained it later in the mo- they explained it later in the movie, but I asked you earlier before they, you know, talked about it. But I feel like some parts of the movie where they where they had the two characters melted together or the two movies melted together into this great, uh, like. Mashup movie, I guess. I feel like some of the, some of the parts were forced, like forcing the two movies into one reality. You talk about the two movies being unbreakable and split. Yeah, where they just came up with this idea at the last last part or the, the last minute. Yeah, the last minute, and they're like, "This is how we're gonna put it all together." Yeah. yeah so, all right, so. For most of this movie, I was bored. I was really bored. I can so, see that. So here's 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 my relationship with this movie and this director going in. Um, so M Night Shyamalan for me, when you know Sixth Sense came out and he was you know kind of on that role, uh, I loved this man and what he was making. Now, a little bit of context at the time. I just knew that I was going to be a movie director and making movies and that I had a big passion for that. And, um, I saw what he was doing and I was really inspired and I love kind of what he was doing. Um, his shots are always just well composed or beautiful. You know, there's so many layers of meaning. You know, he does a lot with color. I don't know if you noticed that in this movie. Um, he's very good at setting tone, um, conveying emotion through a scene. The music always like, comes in at the right time. And it, there's just a weight to his movies where you can feel the emotion just kind of coming off of the screen. It, it just it just pulls you in. Um, so, you know, um, Sixth Sense, Unbreakable just kind of blew my mind. Um, signs, I was I was... All of that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when Unbreakable came out, we weren't in the same superhero renaissance phase that we're in now, right? The MCU, yeah, DCU. I mean, right? In, I mean, every year there's like at least five or six superhero movies, and they're high quality. And then uh, there's only super movie. I mean, superhero no. movies are now getting awards too. They're becoming yeah. Black Panther was nominated. Yeah, so. You know, at that time, there, I'm, I'm trying to think of what, I don't remember what other movies are out, were out around that time, but I just remember there was not a lot. I think maybe the first X-Men had come out or something, but even with the first X-Men, you know, they didn't fully embrace the comic bookness, right? I mean, they were wearing the black leather suits and they made a joke about wearing, you know, the regular costumes or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, they they were just starting to make good comic book movies in unbreakable comes out and you don't know what it is right you're expecting this kind of thriller twist movie and it turns out that hey this is a comic book movie this is a movie about heroes it's an, it's a classic origin story 
uh, and you weren't expecting that. So it just kind of blew my mind. I was like, this is like one of the best comic book movies ever. This is awesome. A lot of people didn't like it because it was really slow pace. It was a long movie. Um, but I love the way it was like a, this onion and there's, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I love the way it was like this onion and they're constantly peeling back layers uh, until the very end and everything was revealed. So I'm almost, I'm almost upset that you didn't watch Unbreakable first because now you know everything going into that movie. So if you watch it, you know, you're not going to be surprised at all. You know everything. You know what the end is already. Um, so anyway, going into Glass, um, I was super excited. The end of Split was was awesome when they revealed that hey, this is the same universe. Did not see that coming. Uh, spoiler for Split, but um, it's been out a while, so you should know that. Um, I mean, you should know it by now because it's, it's in the trailer, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but I do feel kind of the same same way that you said, where it feels like they just kind of at the last minute on Split said, "Oh, you know what we can do." It's like you made both movies, so. And I mean, he did. He, I'm pretty sure, he when Unbreakable came out, he talked about doing this trilogy of movies, and he never really got back to the Unbreakable sequel, and then things went downhill for him. So you know, when Split came around, it wasn't billed as an Unbreakable sequel um, because it didn't have you know the main characters. Um, so it was kind of this hidden backdoor way to make Glass, which. At the end of the day, Glass is really the sequel to Unbreakable, not Split, right? Split and Unbreakable are two movies that sit side by side. They're, I mean, they don't really need to be watched one after the other. There's no continuity there. Um, but yeah, so I'm watching this movie, and yeah, I, I'm checking my watch because for the first like hour of it, <laughs> I was bored. That's true. Because it it was the same same thing for. For most of the movie, and then Mr. Glass is like, well, yeah, that, I mean, the movie is called Glass, and he, he that character's not fully introduced for like the first hour of the movie. He's just this guy who just sits there. Yeah, I mean, and and the first the first act was pretty was was interesting, you know, kind of gets you going, um, but you know, if you've seen the trailer. You know that there's this whole scene where you know they are in this insane asylum, you know, mental institution, and there's a psychiatrist that's evaluating them, whatever. I won't say anything more until spoilers. Um, but you know that <laughs> that lasts pretty long. Yeah, and it's you know when you, when you get done, like I could tell you everything that happened in this movie in like two minutes. Yeah, sure. That's it. So. Uh, anyway, so that's, that's my initial reaction. I, I was disappointed by how bored I was with it, which is interesting because a lot of people had the same, um, complaint with Unbreakable that it was really slow, that nothing happened, but there was this, with Unbreakable, there was this magic, there was this, um, I don't know, this, this, there was a whole thing with David, um, Bruce Willis's character and how he discovered who he was. And then, you know, the connection with Samuel Jackson's character and everything he went through. And there was definitely a lot more of an emotional arc, um, which, I mean, they lifted footage straight from Unbreakable yeah. into this movie, too. Multiple but, times. Um, and that, I mean, some of those scenes of, of him as a kid, they still get me. 
because I just, you know, couldn't imagine a kid having to go through what he went through. Um, so they still pack a punch. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just, you know, it just didn't connect with me. I mean, if it were me seeing Unbreakable and how Mr. Glass and, uh, uh, what's his name? Is this David? Yeah, David Dunn. Yeah, just just David. Well, they, I mean, they gave him a, a, a superhero name in this one, right? Because he's like the cape guy or something, the green guy. Oh uh, no, they had another, the the uh, not the observer, the uh, the enforcer. No, it wasn't that either. Something started with the O, but anyway, they they gave him a name. The Overwatcher. Yeah, the over yeah something like that. So, anyways, what I would have done since Split didn't do much in the. And it ends up being like, hey, we're connected, so why not? Um, I feel like he could have been a, a lot more of a side character than a main character. I understand why now, because he he, he was used, but he wasn't he wasn't really a main character either. So I don't know about Split. He could have been yeah could have been used a lot more if they really wanted to do this whole glass thing but i i I mean i honestly think the best version of that movie yeah was the trailer yeah (laughs) so um and you know we can get into spoilers now if you want but um yeah okay well let's get into spoilers for glass it's time for spoilers you have been warned. Okay, time for spoilers where we talk about our least favorite parts and favorite parts of the movie. Uh, no holding back now. Yeah. All right. So, um, for me, uh, M. Night can still craft a good looking movie. The right? shots were amazing, giving the perspective of the heroes. Especially when they're, I think my favorite like part of showing his shots, or when they were all sitting together in the chairs, or when they were all sitting together in the chairs beside each other. Each person had this different look to them, giving them the perspective of how they see that psychiatrist. Yeah, and he still he still uses a lot of color, a lot of good solids. When in that room, I think that whole room was pink, and then they are. It's like a big long shot. And there are these little figures at the end, but they really pop and stand out. Um, you know, Mr. Glass, his his color is purple. Yeah. So that purple theme is is there in, in his scenes. Uh, David has a, a yellow color palette. Yeah, and all of the, all of the not, not not David. Um, oh, split. Yeah, because all of his suits are yellow. Yeah, the horde. Yeah. The horde. He has this yellow color going on with the lights and his suit and all that stuff. And then David and then has da- that little like green tint. Yeah, yeah. He's a greenish blue kind of thing. So I mean there's definitely very um purposeful uses of color. The compositions are great, very balanced. There's a lot of balance in there, right? So that scene where they're showing uh Mr. Glass or Elijah in his room and he's in the wheelchair, um He's dead center in the shot. It's very balanced left and right. Um, and and I think most of it has that kind of feel. And then at the end, they go a little bit wider and, you know, off center and a little bit more chaotic. So, I mean, everything is in purpose of telling the story. M. Night does a great job with that. Um, but the story itself, um, God, it just 
it's just like he didn't have enough. Like he took, you know, a short film and stretched it out into a two hour movie. Yeah, like my least favorite part was the end where he was like, but did you know your dad was on the train? Oh, God. Like, like why? You, you didn't need to do that. You could have just left them fighting, had that ending where you had these two superpower beings, and then revealed that he was using them the whole time to reveal, why did you need the yeah. secret agency to stop them? Like, what was the point of that, too? Because now you want to see all the other people that they've killed. Well, I, ended. I think the whole, okay, so let's, let's. Let's get into this a little the bit. Psychiatrist was fake the whole time, like. Well, so that's that's that was the M Light twist. Okay, well, let's hold off on that. But the whole thing with having, um, Kevin. Oh, his right, son. Kevin, Kevin Crumb, or whatever. Um, that's the name of the horde. You know, the the guy from Split. That's his. That's the, that's the actual guy's name. I didn't like that either because he they had way more control in this movie than in the last one. I'm like, why didn't you do that in the last movie? Well, they didn't. He wasn't captured in the last movie. I mean, no, but at the same time, I mean, he wasn't captured in this movie either. He was. He was. I mean, he was in the in the hospital. I mean, they and they used the flashing lights to to switch his personalities whenever they needed to. Well, the thing was is that like. Like the beast just became this like intelligent like Hulk Hulk thing where he he could speak a little and he could understand, but in the original one he was just this beast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could see that, but but at the at the same time in the original they didn't really spend much time on the beast. That's true. He right. just showed up at the end. And right. It, he the, was he was this thing lingering the whole time. That was part of the suspense. Was he's like the beast is getting you. The yeah. beast is gonna come get I mean, you. It was building up though. Anyway, that split. So. They made this connection where um, Kevin Crumb, the the big kind of thing that made him split into this multiple personalities and become this thing. His mom. Well, no, was the death of his dad. It was both the death of his dad. Well, because once his dad died, that's when his mom. Oh, she she collapsed and started abusing him. Exactly. So the the the, the important the impetus of all of this was his dad's death. And then they tied it to the train wreck from Unbreakable. Which I thought that was pretty cool, but then they stretched it. I was like, I create superheroes. Like, yeah. Like you didn't, you didn't think this all the way through to like thirty years later. Right, because like, if you go back oh, to Unbreakable, man. the whole point of what he was doing, and sorry, Jacob, I'm going to spoil Unbreakable a little bit. Go ahead. Um, the whole point of what he was doing was he was causing all of these accidents and stuff, looking for a remarkable person. Yeah. Right? So when, when he did the train wreck, he caused the train wreck, and David Dunn is the only survivor, then I found one. I found somebody who's special like me. Right? Um, he didn't, he did not plan to create, you know, the horde and yeah. all that stuff. That was just a side effect that just happened. And then he was, so there was no need. That on. Yeah, there was no need to tie that to the train wreck and Unbreakable. That was... That was just too much. That was a you know a little too far. He could have just been like, "I knew about you the whole time. I knew you're significant," and blah blah blah. But he didn't need to be like, "But did you know you and it?" He was like, "Your dad and him were both on the same train." Like, why would you say that in the first place? Yeah. 
Like, and then the whole suicide mission to reveal this secret agency that tries to stop super-powered humans, which everybody has a secret gift in them. Like, that's too much. Well, I didn't say everybody. They, I mean, it's 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 the fact that, I mean, and, and yeah, it was a little too much, right? I think me- the whole... so. What Jacob's talking about is, you know, there was a reveal. The 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 twist, the M Night twist, was that there is this secret organization who's made it their purpose over thousands of years to keep people with abilities in check. Yeah. Right. So the idea was, can we convince these people that they're not special, so they don't use their powers and they just act like regular people? And then if it goes too far, then we take them out. Right. Um, so it it was almost as if that was the hook for if we ever wanted to do anything else with this property, we now have the secret society and all these things, and we can tie them together via the secret society. Like that's the shield <laughs> of the uh, no. of the split unbreakable but universe. Just killed them all, so it isn't even the split and unbreakable universe. It's just the leprechaun tattoo universe now. Yeah, it's. It just didn't work. Um, I, I mean, I, I understand what he was going for. It just, it just when when everything came to a head at the end, it just felt there wasn't enough clues to add up to get to that point. Basically. Well, and you also didn't care. You didn't care. Yeah, like it just fell flat. You and had, how did he know that she was from the secret agency that didn't like people with superpowers? There was nothing that showed her. Yeah, well, and that's and you're right, right? So and then and then the SWAT team was part of that too, and they just killed them. Well, they, they weren't the real SWAT team, right? So they came in. I mean, that whole thing was set up, right? So that's why she told everybody to like forget what happened because she didn't want anybody right because the people those were just regular people working there. They weren't part of the secret society like the the police that showed up, right? I don't think that that was the regular police, um, but. Mr. Glass, I mean, the, the movie is called Glass, so it should have been more about him. He should have been the main character, and he wasn't. Um, it should have been like in Infinity War where Thanos is the villain, but he's the main character, gets the most screen time. Right. But in this one, it was just like at the end, he pulls out his master plan, and right? Then and he it, just dies. And if his superpower is his intelligence, which is a, a, a very valid thing, if you look at comic books, there's characters who... They're just so much smarter than everybody. Tony Stark, Doctor Doom. Yeah, it, it had Richards. It, Black well, Panther. it had moments of showing you how smart he is, but at the end, it didn't really kind of pull it together, right? So you know, he's like, yeah, he still had that one extra step that nobody saw coming, which is fine, but they didn't really explain, you know, like to your point, it, it seemed like he had figured out that there was a secret society. And he needed to kind of get this message out, and he knew that he wasn't going to survive this. Um, but how did he know about the secret society? What clued him in? You know, there was no connection there as to. He's like, does he know how a, a psychiatrist is that? Yeah, and the thing is, the movies had set up this whole mechanic of he would do something, and you're like, how did he do that? And then they would go back and explain it. Then you're like, well, how did he do that? And then they would go back and explain it. And how did he get the glass in the first place? I'm always the, I'm the picture always, frames. Remember, he the the guy oh, pointed the picture out picture frames are crooked. Yeah, that's. How did he get that much glass from like? There was a whole bunch of picture frames that they oh, yeah, they had of been him, sh- of him and his mom. Yeah, they had showed him the whole movie, oh, yeah. and if you paid attention, they they every time they showed him, one of them didn't have glass. 
which just led up to him stabbing yeah. one guy and just leaving him. And and that's that's the one. Well, and see now that goes back to the good thing about M Night is his movies are so layered that if you go back and watch them again, you're gonna see stuff that you didn't see. Yeah. And each little thing helps to tell that story. Um, I, I still feel like Split was just like shoved in because they had to make that sequel and blah, blah, blah. But like there was a lot more that he could do in this movie now. Like like there was like the personalities were way more explained, which I mean, I guess I liked. Yeah. But like they lost a lot of personality too at the same time because there was like there was this guy named Bruce and Eric and they're like the same guy. They're just guys from the Bronx, tough guys. I don't know what I'm doing here. Who are Bruce and Eric? Those are those are the two like Bronx guys. Are you talking about the the split personalities? Yeah, the split personalities oh. were like I don't I don't trust the horde. I don't know if I can trust the lady. And oh yeah, and didn't even talk about her as the leader in the last one. She was just one of the characters. No, no, Patricia was the leader. That they set that up in the last one. Um but the other thing that didn't make sense was the girl from Split, who was the victim in that movie. I was like, why do you like him as the hero? Like, Yeah, how did... Yeah. It, I mean... You just killed like almost all your friends in front of you. I thought at the end of Split that she had come to a point where she can kind of understand him. But didn't see him as a hero. But did not, yeah. And like, if Kevin was sitting there the whole time, and the beast is supposed, if the beast said, I'm supposed to protect Kevin, then why are they doing this whole impure, impure thing? If the beast is really supposed to protect Kevin, it should be like a Hulk and Bruce, uh, and Bruce, uh, Bruce, Bruce Banner thing. Yeah. Or if Kevin's in danger, the beast comes out from remembering the past where he had to deal with well, his they, mom. They, they, sort, they sort of did that. Um, but that's what that's what, and they did kind of explain that that's why the Kevin personality, the original, the the you know personality prime, was suppressed all the way down because of all the abuse he had gone through and all that stuff. And he made all those personalities. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're we're we're, we're close on time. Um, yeah, you know, I I wanted it to be better than it was. Um, but you know, it, it felt like a, a sequel for sequel's sake, and it, it just didn't really feel like it had anything to say. It had some good moments, but overall, you didn't really need it. No, now now it just leaves you wondering, like, what are they gonna do now? I don't think they're gonna do anything. I think we're done. I think we're done with that whole universe. Um, like now, now people are gonna be wanting the whole leprechaun. Now people are gonna be wanting this whole leprechaun thing. This no, they're not. World of, world of. The only reason well, they they set that up if it, it was successful. Oh, and and that's the thing. It, so box office wise, the movie's doing well, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's no competition. Yeah. I mean, because tonight we were like, all right, let's go to a movie. What are we gonna go see? And out of everything that was in theater, we were like, eh, let's go see Glass. Right now, the the big movies. Because we didn't we didn't see it opening weekend, right? I mean, Glass has been out, I think this is the third week of release, and we're just now seeing it. All right, now the big movies are Glass, Aquaman, Spider-Man, which, which people have probably already seen they, right now. And both of those movies came out in December. The Kid Who Would Be King. That's a new release. Escape Room, Escape Room, Mary Poppins, Bumblebee, which Mary both Poppins. of those people have probably already seen because that came out in December. Uh, Mary Poppins it's and February. Bumblebee came out in December. Dragon Ball Z uh, has a movie in there. Yeah, I mean, the theater doesn't really have much. 
There's there's no big exciting release right now. So. I mean, there is some, but they're all pretty old by now, so you should have seen them. Right. And then there's also The Upside and Miss Bala, but those are two different types of genres. Yeah. So anyway. All right. So let's wrap this up, Jacob. That was uh, our review of Glass. What do you? Uh, we always do the five point scale. It can be five anything's. Um, but you know, one meaning that you just hated it. Five is your best movie ever. What's your five point rating for this movie? I'd say I would give this movie three dumb, three dumb plans because overall there was some really cool action scenes and it it was really it it was planned out correctly and you could see how it was supposed to be written but overall the writing just got overlapped with having to do a split and adding it on to unbreakable so so with the three that i mean that that to me means you would recommend people to go see it yeah I, i i'd say you should go see unbreakable and then go see split because they're both good movies and if you really want to see how they would go together, watch it because there's some very entertaining things and there's still that M. Night, Sh- and M. Night Sh- Shyamalan uh, feel to it and I still loved that. So the only thing I really didn't like was the story. Yeah. But if you can, if you can get over how long they're inside of their cells and you can get over the ending, then the movie's okay. So I'll, gi- I'll give you, a, before I give my review, I'll give you a little bit of context. Um, so M. Night has started doing this thing where he's actually self-financing the movies. So like this movie, I think, costs like $22 million to make, and he paid for that out of his pocket. He got a, a distribution deal with, uh, was it Universal or yeah, Paramount? Universal. Universal and, and Bloomhouse Pictures, but he paid for it. Right, so when you look at how much money it's making, most of that goes back into his pocket. So because he paid for it, it wasn't a eighty, ninety, hundred million dollar movie, it was twenty two million. So how many locations did you have? One. <laughs> like two? Maybe? Because they they had the school little, they had a little bit of the store, they had yeah, but the, the brick factory, and then they had the the antenna sound. Yeah, the majority of the movie took place in that hospital. That's how, that's how you save money, right? If you have $22 million, you don't go all over the world. You keep it right there. Um, it kind of sucks, though, because they set up this whole superpower, bad guy, and good guy thing, and then they're just yeah. in an antenna sound the whole time. So, and, and then the trailer shows them breaking out. Like, they're going to, like, go around the world and fight, and then it's just like, yeah. no, nah, I'll just sit in my cell all day. Right, right. Um, so anyway, so, you know, I, if it wasn't M. Night, I would I, I would give it one star. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to give it one and a half, two stars, just because I enjoyed the M. Night of it from a craft perspective. That's true. The shots and yeah. the colors. But, uh, it, and I love Unbreakable so much, just, you know... Even just the the first act for me worked. It made sense. Yeah. So setting up the Unbreakable and Split and how they got connected. Right, because the, my one of my problems with, with Unbreakable, and I wouldn't say it's a problem, it left me wanting more because by the time you get to Unbreakable, he accepts who he is. He has his powers. He knows how they work, but you never see him really use them. 
So the first act of this movie is what I wanted to see at the end of Unbreakable, which That's is true. him using his powers and all that stuff. He, his, in, the, in the very first act, he beats up that guy with a Superman punch and the well, YouTuber celebrities, which is pretty cool how they connected it to yeah, and now. I, and, and, and I thought it was really cool how they brought in his son and all that's the same actor from the first movie. And it was the guy in the chair, so it made yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it was the classic superhero trope, right? He had a guy in the chair. Like, he was going on patrol. Because it was like Spider-Man. It was your friendly neighborhood guy. I mean, he wasn't that friendly to people, but it yeah. was a friendly neighborhood guy going around his town, saving people, seeing in distress, and his guy in the chair. Uh, what was, What's his name? Jo- uh, Joseph. It was his son. It was his son. No, no, no. And Spider-Man. Oh, oh, Ned. Ned yeah. is Joseph. They both got their mics in their ears yeah. talking to each other. So it's very alike and it's very nice. Yeah. So gives you uh, like a good superhero feel, but yeah. the second act is just very sloppy. Well, second act was super slow. And then the third act, the conclusion was just like, eh, I didn't care for it. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'll give it two stars. Um, mainly because of, like I said, the M. Night Shyamalan craft and the, and the first act. But, it, you know, once it got out of that first act and, and they moved to the insane asylum, it just really fell apart at that point for me. Um, but I'm, I, you know, I will say I'm looking forward to what he's doing next. He kind of got this out of his system. It's behind him. Uh, it just may have been too much of a gap in between movies to really make it work. Um, but it's done, and we can get back to some more original stuff from M. Night. So. Yeah. All right, Jacob. That's it. Um. Well, thank you for watching our pod. Or thank you for listening to our podcast. This is uh, one of our first episodes in a while. Yeah, it's actually been a year. Thank you for tuning in. Um. And, and no promises, but hopefully, uh, you know, we'll we'll do this a little bit more often. And uh, even if we're the only ones who listen. <laughs> oh, and also, by the way, go look into the quest. Yes, it's uh, the the WFA Queen City PodQuest. The pod, go look at the PodQuest. Please vote for us. Uh, you gotta have a Facebook account. So you might have to ask your parents, but vote for us. Help us get into those finals. Yep, and we'll we'll put all the information on on Facebook and uh, our website and all that stuff. I'll post it on my Instagram at yeah. KidJCell. It'll be on my Snapchat at KidJCell. JCEL. Um, but uh yeah. All right, Jacob. Let's uh let's sign off. Uh I'm Jacob Echeverria on Instagram at KJCell J C E L on Snapchat KJCell J C E L and um I'm signing off. All right, Jacob. Uh until the next good M Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> yeah. All right, later.